Um, yeah, my name is Wangani. I'm a part of the same old dates community here. I've been here for the last four years or so. And um, yeah, I'm an architect and practicing here in Oxford. And I'm just going to first read the passage, Romans 8, um, verses 14 to 17. I'm going to be focusing on those three verses. And I'll be speaking on our identity as children of God. So in the letters to the church in Rome, Paul writes, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about to your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ if indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. Now, when Simon was describing the passage about um, it being sort of like a mountain peak in the Himalayas, I, I kind of had that feeling when he first uh, mentioned that we're going to be looking at Romans 8, because uh, the Himalayas is something I would never want to climb in my life, and <laughs> something that actually would terrify me. So when I thought of Romans 8 and speaking on that today, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, but God has a funny way of doing things, and somehow I'm here and I'm going to speak to you today. Um, and in this letter, Paul is in the middle of writing this letter to the Roman church. It's a congregation that he longed to visit. Um, and it's a multitude of different households here that he's addressing. It's not just one congregation, one place. There's several households. And it's an eclectic mix of different people. There were Romans, there were Jews, there were freed people, there were slaves, men, women, um, children, locals, foreign nationals, um, those with power, wealth, and influence, and those in poverty, um, and those with low social status. But all of these people would have come together from different backgrounds, and they would have all been gathered, and all shared one thing in common, their identity as children of God, a family of believers. Our identity is an expression of who we are, where we've come from, and who we are becoming. And when we are secure in our identity, we have the ability to live out our calling. However, this is much easier said than done, and personally, I've actually had several struggles with doubts around my own identity. And to be honest, when people ask me about who I am or where I've come from, it's not a simple question to answer. Seven years ago, I had a sort of identity crisis, you'd say, when living in northern Malawi with some friends um, from the UK. Um, I'm Zambian and I'm British, uh, but northern Malawi is actually where my mother's side of the family originally came from. Um, I guess you'd say they're technically my roots. Um, but I didn't feel at home there, as I couldn't speak the language, couldn't fully really relate to the culture in the same way that I'd have loved to. And then I felt that saying I'm British couldn't really fully encapsulate um, my identity, the full expressions of who I am. And I had this clash of these two identities, these collisions and insecurity and doubt about who I am, and it made me question who I am. Walking down the streets, people assuming I was Malawian, I couldn't speak to them and um, with my friends not fully expressing who I am. However, during our time in Malawi, uh, we started leading Bible studies in the local prison. And we used to go in there about three times a week, and it was an amazing time of ministry where we were greatly encouraged and learned from one another. And in this time, we saw several of the men become uh, followers of Jesus, and they got baptized, and it was a really an amazing experience, an amazing time together of fellowship. And in this time, when we're worshiping in Chichewa, when we were praying together, sharing our doubts and our struggles, I had this overwhelming sense of the fact that they are children of God, that we are children of God, and that we are all one family of believers. And this is when I became assured of my own identity as a child of God, and remembered and 
draw near to the fact that, um, that the fact that I've got, I am a child of God, and I've got this family of believers, brothers and sisters, that I can share joy in, no matter where I am and no matter what I do. Now, in verse 14, Paul says that those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God, and the Spirit shouldn't cause us to live in fear. And he uses a slave of an analogy of a slave, and living as a slave was a continuous state of insecurity. It was a time of thinking that you always had to live to satisfy your master. And in that sense, um, Paul is here relating to the fact that, kind of what Chloe was saying about the flesh and how it can have mastery over ourselves and our own lives. But he's actually calling us to say that actually we are free. Um, we are free. We can fully live in this full expression. And the spirit that we've received is a spirit of freedom, a spirit of adoption and a spirit that leads us to call Abba, Father, as Paul writes in verse 15. Now, this calling affirms our identity as a child of God, and it's really powerful that Paul wrote the word Abba in this letter as he's throwing in this Aramaic phrase which Jesus used, um, especially in, this, in the time of prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane uh, when he says, not my will, but yours be done. And this is not an identity that we choose to take on ourselves as a child of God. The Spirit of God testifies to our own spirit, speaking to our inner being. And we share in the privilege of being heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. But this adoption is costly. Um, I was thinking of the lyrics earlier that we were reading uh, or singing together. By his blood and in his name, in his freedom I am free for the love of Jesus Christ who has resurrected me. And thinking about the fact that um, Jesus, his death, was costly, but it was the cost that led us to the adoption of us as children of God. We share in Christ's suffering, and we will share in his glory. So choosing to live out our identity as a child of God is not going to be easy, it's going to be tricky, it's going to be tough, and Chloe alluded to that earlier as well. But we can take heart because Jesus has overcome the world. We know that no matter what we may suffer, there is future glory and hope that we can hold on to. And we have a savior who knows our struggles, who knows our doubts and our insecurities. In a city like Oxford, we can get caught up in thinking about our identity related to our day-to-day -day work or what we do in our time during the week. Uh, many of us would maybe say that um, they hold their identity in achievements or in studies or in family, whether you're a barista or a porter, or an academic, a sales assistant or a volunteer. And it's quite natural that seeing as it's the second question we generally ask when we meet people, what do you do? And that we would associate our identity with what we do. But God is calling us to something more. As I said in the beginning, I'm an architect, and this is only something I've been able to say for the last week or so, um, because I've just finally qualified after nine years of studying. And... Uh, <laughs> And with that, it's been funny because over the last nine years, I can never actually say I am an architect because it's a protected title. Uh, so I always say I could practice like an architect, I work in an architecture firm, blah, blah, blah. But um, now I can actually say I am an architect. But the thing is, if I solely place my identity in being an architect, that is something that can change in the future. That is something that can actually be taken away from me when I was reading all the rules about what it means to be an architect, <laughs> which is quite scary to think about the risks and the liabilities. Um, but it's also something that, well, I guess um, it ultimately can disappoint me, even if I long to be the best architect that I can be. 
And I think it's important for us to all think about the fact that um, also that we have had identities spoken over ourselves, or we can choose to speak identities over ourselves, which are not of God. And I want to remind us all that we have this freedom of the Spirit speaking to our innermost being and saying that we can say, Abba, Father, and that we are all children of God. And I love the fact that I can look out across this room and can say that God has made you and he has given you that opportunity to take on that identity to say that I am a child of God. So I guess I just want to leave you with thinking, who are you or where are you from or who are you becoming? Or more simply put, what's your identity? If there's anything that I want to leave you with, it's just that God is inviting all of us to partake in this identity as a child of God. He's placed us in each of our contexts, but our identity of God as a child of God will shift our desires and our outlook and will give us a security in our identity.